Hey there, what's happening? I'd just like to take a second to introduce my newest friend from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, all you have to do is let SeatGeek do the work for you. Here's how it works. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert show, whatever it is you're looking for, and they rate them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you are getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, yellow dot good deals, red dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. Why wouldn't you do it? What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. They have the tickets. Just want to give you a heads up on one more thing because I'm always looking out for you guys. Look, ever since I started this show, I do get a lot of people that ask me all sorts of questions about who to bet on, who to bet with. I don't always know who's going to win, but I do know where to go. The answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sport wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sport book business, they've been good to me, and I know they'll be good to you. They're hooking my listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag. And use the promo code CHAOS when creating your account to claim your 50% bonus. You're laying down $100. There you go. You've now got an extra $50 in play. That's mybookie.ag. Promo code CHAOS. You play. You win. You get paid. It's that easy, folks. Let's start the show. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey, folks, what's happening? Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. I'm Nathan. Always appreciate you taking the time to tune in on a podcast about the Orioles. Are loving Orioles? Holy hell, are you counting down the days of three years yet? You have like three calendars hanging up on your wall of three years when the Orioles might be good. Because, son of a bitch, I'm telling you what, when Mike Bordick says on national television, this is hard to watch, you know shit's going south, folks. You guys suck. But hey, there's some positive that I'm going to be talking about on the show. There is some positive. All right, there's some stuff to smile about. I'll get to that way later in the show. <laughs> a lot I want to go over. Somebody wrote in their most hated player. Again, I'm still doing that on the show. If you have a player that plays now or, or 20 years ago, and it's just somebody that you want to use the word hate, write in, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. But this guy wrote in, and I was surprised. I, I don't normally hear people. I mean, look, this guy that he uh, wrote in about, he does walk around like he owns the fucking place. But I've never heard of anyone but just be like, man, I hate that guy so much. But... I'll mention him a little bit later. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Well, last night, the Orioles were trending on Twitter. It was Game of Thrones and then the Orioles. And the Orioles were trending for all the wrong reasons. Holy hell, what a shit show. What a circus. Watching the Orioles Thursday night, somebody please hide Hanser Alberto's glove. He should no longer be able to own a glove. All right? Even his bat. I don't know. Hide everything. Whatever it takes to keep him off the field. Look, I know he had a bad day, and maybe I'm overreacting. All players have bad days. 
But when you're on Twitter trending for one of the most, one of the worst plays I think I've ever seen a professional ball player make, and there's a lot out there, you have a lot of soul searching. You have a lot of thinking to do on whether or not <laughs> you should sell your baseball glove. That was rough. And I might have to take, look, I'm a diehard Orioles fan just like you, but I might have to take a break, just a small little break of watching these games, not because I'm a Fairweather fan, and I knew the rebuild and they weren't going to be that good, but this is going back to last year, rolling into this year, and I know a rebuild, and I know fans, they all were hoping, just like me, that they were going to be okay. They weren't going to be this bad. When you love something and you see it fail over and over, it's going to sting you right in the ass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. And that's what's happening right now. Again, there's some positive that I'm going to be talking about in a little bit. Uh, But real quick, it just seems like nobody cares about baseball this week. They care about whether or not Cersei died. (laughs) Again, I'm a Game of Thrones fan, but I think once I'm done the show, I am not watching any more dragons and kings and queens and lords. I'm done. And I've mentioned it a million times on this podcast. It took me a long time, many times, to finally watch the show Game of Thrones. And I try not to talk about it around people who don't watch it, because if I didn't watch it and I heard all these people talking about dragons and shit, I'd be like, what a freaking douchebag. So I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that if I hear that somebody in, if I'm at a party or a bar or whatever, and I hear that somebody watches Game of Thrones, I don't go, ooh, ooh, what do you think about this? When I know probably a half a dozen people around me didn't watch it. But my God, man, this uh, uh, season eight, because I look at a lot of things, what's trending in sports and news and stuff like that. Game of Thrones has been like number one for the past two weeks. There are actually people, and I'm getting away from baseball for just a second. I'll get right back. There's a lot I need to go over. But uh, a Game of Thrones has been trending. People are actually starting a petition on Twitter. And there's already like 20,000 people who are like involved who want <laughs> the entire season rewritten. Get a fucking life, people. There are actually people out there who want this. Look, I'm digging it. Whatever. I mean, it wasn't a cookie-cutter show where the obvious was going to happen. That's the point of the show. Get over it. But it just cracks me up. You know, I see talk about sports and friends are like, oh, my God, I can't believe the Orioles lost. And can you believe what happened to Cersei? It's just everybody. Every Game of Thrones, man, it's still trending. I, I still think it's number one trending right now in, like, entertainment on Twitter. Hey, fuck it. Uh, by the time you hear this, Game of Thrones may already be over. I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I just got 100% focus on the Orioles. <laughs> I've been trying to do other things to keep my mind off it. Uh, I started playing golf again. I got hit in the fucking knee with a golf ball the other day sitting in the cart. Some guy hooked the hell out of his drive. And I was playing at Forest Park. It's probably the shittiest course ever. I think that place has just thrown in the towel. I used to play there 20 years ago, and it was half decent. I mean, people who uh, play once every lifetime play there, so you're not exactly playing with the best in the county. The week before that, uh, the ball hit the top of my cart. That kind of startles you, makes you shit your pants just a little bit. You hear that, boom, and you get a little shook because you're like, holy shit, I almost got hit with the damn golf ball. Well, this week, the very next week, I'm just sitting there waiting to tee off. Some guy hooked his shot, skims across the grass, hits me in the knee. It didn't feel good. I mean, it it wasn't in pain, but it didn't feel good. 
And after it hits my knee and, and uh, like I'm talking about it for a few seconds, some guy yells four. Thanks for the heads up, dick. People say, hey, that's good luck when you get hit with a golf ball. Oh, yeah, let me kick you in the nuts. Oh, that's good luck, too. How about that? All right, you can hit me with a golf ball, kick you in the nuts, and we both have good luck now. I mean, what the hell does that even mean? It's like when it rains on your wedding. Oh, it's good luck, is it? My wife's most important day is ruined now. What do you mean, Nate? What do you mean your wife's? What about yours? Uh, The other day, I think it was two weeks ago, the last episode, I was talking about the rumors about the Orioles moving to Las Vegas a couple weeks ago. Boy, the Orioles came out and squashed that really quickly, didn't they? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard about it lately. I know Ken Rosenthal put an article out there about how it's, it's, it's extremely unlikely. But then in the same article, he was like, but if it happened, I could understand why it would happen. I mean, we're all saying the same thing. Gentleman by the name of Tom reached out to me on Twitter. Uh, he said, enjoyed the podcast again, which thank you, Tom, very much. But he said, pertaining to me talking about whether or not the Orioles are going to be sold to Vegas. He goes, one, Angelos doesn't need the money. Says, and number two, being an MLB owner is awesome, even if the team doesn't make big money. And I wrote back, said, I hope you're right. Appreciate the nice words, but. You know, millionaires always seem like there's no such thing as enough money. They always need more money. Never heard a millionaire or billionaire be like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to work. I'm fine. It's like Elon Musk. I mean, the guy could have stopped working years ago, but he doesn't. They always want that money. So that kind of scares me, right? I mean, you hear that rumor was that $3 billion Vegas was going to buy the Orioles. And the more you're reading these stats of how many people go to the game and fans don't want to go to the game anymore, My God, why not just say, fuck it? I mean, this isn't working out. They sell the team to Vegas. I mean, you can't live in Maryland anymore because no matter where you go, you got people throwing knives at your head. You know, they they might move to Vegas with them. Whatever the case was, I just it just scared the hell out of me and a lot of people and that rumor was floating around. And a lot of other people, I'm seeing other arguments about fans, why they're not going to the game. I see Matt Kremnitzer, who writes for The Athletic, he was on the show last year. I see him having a bunch of disputes with people on Twitter about reasons fans are not going to the game. And I've mentioned before, sure, you know, the Baltimore being dangerous. They, they suck ass right now. That doesn't help. I just think it's not just one thing. And people are, like, arguing with each other. Like, it's one reason why people aren't going to the game. No, there's a lot of reasons. And for the people who are uh, saying, no, it's not because of the crime and so forth. Look, we could go back and forth all day about that. But for the people who are trying to chime in and say, well, the ticket prices are too expensive to go to an Oriole game, any stadium you go to, it's not going to be cheap. But Baltimore is number 23rd for the cheapest, meaning they're at the bottom. At the top, Boston Red Sox, $155, which is the average ticket price. Chicago Cubs at $141. So you go way down on the list, and there's the Orioles, 53 Marlins at 52, Padres, Cincinnati Reds at $48. So the uh, ticket price conversation, I don't know, man. I don't think you can use that. If you want to check this out yourself, it's on blog.ticketiq.com. It's for the 2019 MLB tickets. It's pretty interesting. You know, you go way down the list, there's the Orioles, and then you got the Tampa Bay Rays, average tickets $42, and they still can't fill people in the stadium. How the hell are they not in Vegas? You want to talk about teams that can't sell out? Jesus Christ, we're talking about the Orioles? Get the Rays out of here. 
I'm sure people would be thrilled they wouldn't have to go play in that dark dungeon shithole. And then the other argument I hear people talking about is the Raven games. People are saying, well, they're still selling out. Even when the Ravens aren't that good, they're still putting 50,000 asses in the seats. Look, the Ravens games, in my opinion, it just seems a little different, all right? You've got almost, shit, 100,000 people out in the city all doing the same thing, having fun. It's like an event. You know, you got people all over the city watching each other's backs, having fun. Oriole games, not so much. You park, you walk in, you're done. You know what I mean? There's not 100,000 people outside of Camden Yards having a party. Again, watching each other's back if something goes down. So I think that argument, that's eh, not the best argument. But, you know, they got a point. The Orioles are only bringing in, you know, 8,000 fans. But the Ravens, even when they stink, they're still bringing in, whatever, 50, 55,000 fans. But again, it's like an event. They only have a few games a year. So it's like, you know, you don't want to miss it once it comes. And with the uh, tailgating, I, whatever. Okay, we could have this argument for hours, but... It just seems people are like, I don't understand it. I do. They, they fucking suck right now. I went the uh, went to the game the other week when we played the Angels. I got to see Mike Trout, Otani. That was fun. Mike Trout hits a home run right off the bat. Guy's amazing. Nicest guy in the world. I mean, I, I saw him talking to fans, talking to kids. I mean, he's just, he's just a great guy. So, again, I'm sitting there. I posted the picture on Twitter. That's just showing you how empty it was. I think uh, for second row back, first base side. It was fun. We had a good time. The guys going out at the stadium Friday night, it was empty, man. Very empty. Got a little tipsy. Had a few drinks. I'm not a, I'm not a whiskey fan, but we had some whiskey shots. The problem is, well, I say problem. It's not a problem. I should say the issue is uh, when you go out with a friend whose friend is is the owner of a bar. That can be dangerous, especially on a Friday night. Shout out to Frank and Nick's. Guy was an extreme gentleman, the owner of the bar of uh, Frank and Nick's. Hooked us up with some drinks, hooked us up with some food. It was a good time. And (laughs) I got to witness a fan almost jumped out on the field and their friend yanked him back. (laughs) Whatever. That was the only entertaining part. It, again, we only were there to the fifth inning that Friday night. That's when it down. That's when it just poured its ass off, and we were out of there. We were running back to the car, and we were gone. And we did a couple more things, but I heard on the radio that there, after the rain delay, there must have only been like two hundred fans in the stadium, and it was probably all Angel fans. You know, people who came over from the West Coast or whatever. They're not going to leave. It's just crazy. They can't get fans in the seats. But speaking of of fans trying to jump out on the field, here's my thing. Obviously, you you jump on the field, you go to jail, get your ass out of here. You're an idiot. You're wasting everybody's time. It's not even exciting anymore. But the other, uh, was a couple weeks ago when they played Boston? I think it was the first game they played. Uh, VR hit a, uh, what should have been a home run in my opinion. When they did the replay, I guess, in New York, they thought J.D. Martinez was going to make the catch. Some idiot asshat decides to put half his body out into left field from the seats to try to catch the ball. And he's an Orioles fan because he had an Orioles shirt on. And I'm curious. I'm wondering, you know, if New York reviewed that and they saw the guy wearing a Boston shirt, if they would have made the same call. 
But if the guy would have just waited for the ball to go over the wall, it would have been a home run. J.D. Martinez did not have the angle. I don't think it was going to happen. I think it was hilarious that Palmer and Gary Thorne were arguing about it. I love when those two disagree. (laughs) Palmer says it's a home run. Gary Thorne, if you don't already know, he's a diehard Red Sox fan. He's like, oh, hell no. Uh, J.D. Martinez would have had that. Shame on that fan. All I'm saying is any fan who gets involved in the game should be, I don't know if the guy got kicked out, but they should be kicked out immediately. You asshat, get off the field. You're a moron. But I'm sure we can all agree if the ball is over the wall already and the opposing player is trying to, you know, grab the home run, smack that fucking glove right out of his hand. Interfere the hell out of that play. At that point, it's a free-for-all. Go for the ball. Make sure it's a home run and not caught. Right? We all agree on that. But this douche reaches 20 feet over the wall to catch a ball that was already going over. That was very frustrating. Uh, And speaking of uh, leaping over the wall, look, I went and saw Mike Trout, probably one of the best center fielders out there today. But I got to say, Jackie Bradley Jr., as much as I hate this because he's on the Red Sox, obviously we'd love him if he was on the Orioles, probably the best catch in center field that I've ever seen. I mean, I look, I've even sat down and thought about it, all the catches that I've witnessed live and on TV. There's been a lot of them. But that was probably the, that was more impressive than uh, Trout in 2012. Or was it 2011? I can't remember. It's one of those years when Trout robbed J.J. Hardy of a home run in center field. I always thought that was one of the best catches. But Jackie Bradley Jr., you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, pause the podcast, go to YouTube, and just put Jackie Bradley Jr. Camden Yards, and that will be the first video to show up. Uh, The Orioles playing at home is very frustrating. Uh, May 11th, going back to Saturday, they are 5-15. and 5-15 at home, and people are wondering why that is. Well, when your pitchers love giving up home runs in a little league park, a little league, what the hell was that? In a little league, like giving up home runs in a little league park, not a great combination. Shit, they've given up, was it, 93 home runs right now. Holy shit. You got that going on. Also, uh, Thursday, I read a stat that the Orioles uh, batting the worst in American League with runners in scoring position. They're batting 211. Six for 60 in their past 10 games. Six for 60 in their past 10 games with runners in scoring position. So you've got the worst pitching in all of baseball going back to 1704. And you've got stats like 6 for 60 and the whole season 211 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, no shit. You're going to be 5 and 15 all the time. <laughs> you're not going to be a little league team with those stats. Now, I got to say, the Orioles' offense, they are facing some damn good pitching. There's not many pitchers they face so far this season that completely suck ass. They're pretty dominant pitchers. There are a lot of good pitchers out there, and we have none of them. Except for John Means. I've been very, very impressed with John Means. Pitched fantastic last week against the Angels. The thing about John Means is it's not like his rotation. He just gets lucky and happens to be facing these teams that are terrible. He's pitching against great lineups. The Angels, 
You know, what he did to the Red Sox. I mean, against the Yankees, he's not pitching against a bunch of bums. The next day or the day before, we're losing 8-1, to 10-1 by the fifth inning. But John Means comes in, he gives him a win. So it just proves that, you know, he's starting to be the real deal. I don't want to jinx the guy, but right now he's 5-3. and three. He's got an ERA of 233. He threw 110 pitches uh, the other night, which lowered his ERA from 248 to 233. He's allowed one earned run or less in five of his six starts and has given up two runs in seven hits in 13 innings his past two games. He's got that swagger right now. He's walking around like he's the shit, which he should feel like that. <laughs> I kind of sounded bad. I'm not trying to pick on the guy like that's what he's doing. I'm just saying he's got that swagger. You know what I mean? He's got that poker face. I love it. It's like Bundy. Look, he's starting to come around a little bit. Bundy's starting to come around. I had a good night Friday night pitching against the Indians. Got to give it to him. I think he threw like 120 pitches or something crazy like that. But Bundy's got one of the best poker faces. Doesn't matter what kind of situations happen. He's got the same face, like he's constipated. And I'm digging Stevie Wilkerson. Last 15 games, batting 308, two home runs. He's got four home runs total. Smacked another one uh, Friday night in Cleveland. He reached out for it. And he crushes it over the wall. Now, I'm hoping he's not, you know, this Stevie's not going to be Stevie Pierce. Where was Stevie Pierce? I, I, look, I love Pierce, but we same thing. Steve Pierce would have, like, the best two weeks of any player in the league going back to, like, 2009, and then the next month he'd shit the bed. So, look, I know Stevie Wilkerson isn't exactly going to be lighting it up for the next three months, but shit, man. Guy had a great play in center field, too. Do your thing, Stevie. Make that fucking team, brother. Uh, Dan Straley. Oh, God. Tough to watch. I don't know how much longer he's going to be pitching for the Orioles, but four consecutive starts of four innings or less for old Danny Straley. <laughs> a friend of mine, that uh, one of the guys that went to the game with me to see the Angels, that's who was pitching. When he found out Dan Straley was pitching, he said he's out. You know, I already got the tickets. He already sent me the money through Venmo. Everything was good to go. He said, Straley's pitching. No, I'm out. Keep the money. He literally said, keep the money. I'm not going. He was that upset that Dan, we had to talk him into going. Finally, the day before, he's like, all right, all right, I'll go, but I'm not going to be happy about it. And then there you go. We're losing, I think it was eight to nothing at that point before the rain started. We were getting ready, getting ready to leave anyway. That's how bad he is. You know, somebody pays $50 to go to the game and then they hear it's Dan Straley pitching and they're like, no, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Get me the fuck out of here. Uh, who do we got? Uh, Hess. Everybody's been talking about him. He doesn't. He's not a starter. He really is. He has no zero zero percent movement on the ball. No movement. You cannot be a starting pitcher in the major leagues when you have zero movement on your fastball or his fucking curveball doesn't even have movement. He loves talking the talk. After every game, boy, he pinpoints. He's really good at pinpointing and describing why he shit the bed that night. He's excellent at doing that. April 1st, since then, Hess has started seven times. He hasn't won one game. And it hasn't been like his offense didn't score for him. It's not like he had him at the, you know, the team two to nothing going into the eighth inning. Hess has allowed 14 home runs in 40 innings. In two starts against the Yankees, Hess had given up seven home runs in 11 innings. 
have a seat. I know everybody says, well, who else? I love that question. Well, who else? I don't know. All I know is he shouldn't be pitching. Don't come to me like that. I hate that question. It's a great question. It's an excellent question. Anytime you talk sports and you want someone to leave the team or you want a new coach, what's the next question? Well, who else? But I don't know. It's one of my pet peeves. Like I'm sitting here like, David Hess, get him out of here. Somebody in the background. Well, who else? Shut up. <laughs> Let me vent about how bad Hess is. And what, what's the answer? Uh, anybody. That's what the answer is. I don't know. Anybody. Anybody but David Hess. I remember Jason Lockham 4 used to rant and rave about this kid. Be like, wait till you see David Hess come up. You can finally see what I've been watching. And I remember when David Hess did come up and I watched his uh, first outing. I said, hey, he's pretty good. He's keeping the batters off balance. You know, 93-mile-per-hour fastball, but he's got a good changeup. And then, shit the bed. Batters adjusted to him, and that was it. So be it. So I don't know what's going to happen with uh, David Hess's future with the Orioles. And uh, speaking of future in the Orioles, I'm kind of tired of talking about the guy, but shit, why not? He's so fascinating. Chris Davis, your favorite player, my favorite player, Christopher Davis. You know, the articles I'm seeing coming out about Chris Davis, about him making the All-Star game, I, I'll i be honest with you. To me, I feel like that's clickbait. I don't even read into it. I mean, look, if you're on a team like the Orioles, um, you don't have to do spectacular to be in the running for the All-Star game. But seeing those articles, again, I haven't even, I don't even think I've read one of them. I just kind of laugh. And again, I get it. After he uh, broke the record, you know, 18 for 59 with a 305 average, five home runs, three doubles, 15 RBIs. He's like the best hitter on the team. I get it. He's having a good couple weeks after an awful few years. I mean, what, what what do you want me to say about the guy? I hear people out there ranting and raving about him. Hey, we got him back. No, we don't. He's a $20 million man. We don't have him back. He's not going to hit 45 home runs, hit above 275. It's not going to happen. <laughs> He's the streakiest hitter I've ever seen. And in the past few days, the at-bats that Davis has had has been pretty shitty. Swing the balls that hit the dirt a foot in front of the plate. Still watching strike three go right down the middle. Obviously, he was looking for another pitch. So I don't know what to say about Chris Davis anymore. I'm happy to see that he had a good week or two. And I'm also, I am happy to see that he's trying to go the other way. I think he just had a come to Jesus moment. He's like, look, I'm not going to be the big power hitter. I just want to get on base at this point. And I can see that he brings in his hands, he turns his hips, and he's going the other way, which is great to see. He did hit a couple base hits opposite field. They were just, you know, they weren't 105 miles per hour off the bat, but they did the trick. That I'm happy about. I don't want him to continue to be an automatic out, but I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, we've got him back. Chris Davis, head over to the All-Star team because you're the shit. No, I mean, you know, what's he going to do the next three, four weeks? Then we'll talk about it, right? A couple weeks ago, I went to a bar local bar with some friends it's a quiet bar nice place and there was a woman down at the end of the bar i know she was 80 years old for a fact because the bartender said they were going to throw a party for her because she'd been going there every night for 10 years anyway so we're just sitting there enjoying our food enjoying our drinks and all of a sudden i hear that 80 year old lady at the end of the bar go ah fuck me (laughs) i looked over at her i started laughing I see her looking up at the TV, and I uh, see Chris Davis coming up the bat. So 
fans, it's going to probably take a while for fans to get comfortable when Chris Davis comes up to bat to be going, hell yeah, this is it. Because you got 80-year-old women who are like, oh, shit, here he comes. <laughs> All right, enough of Chris Davis. I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about him this year. Again, he's just fascinating player to watch these days. I want to talk about Albert Pujols, and I want to get your opinion on a situation that came up this past week. I wanted to talk about it last week. I didn't put out an episode. I apologize for that. But Albert Pujols, and people are like, ah, the guy's old. He doesn't have it anymore. Bullshit. The guy's a freaking beast. His arms are the size of my thighs. He can still hit home runs. He hit one in Camden Yards. He hit one the other day, obviously. 2,000 RBIs. Not too shabby there, Mr. Pujols. Now, there's a kid by the name of Eli Hides. You may have seen this. And he went to the Tigers game. Uh, that's the game that Albert Pujols hit number 2,000. And in the article, he even said he's not a really big baseball fan, and he wasn't really even planning on going. He went, said, fuck it, I'll have a good time. Kid's 33 years old. He looks to be 16. <laughs> Looking at his picture. He also looks like he smokes a lot of weed while he watches Game of Thrones, which, hey, he's having a good time, right? Says here he's a law student. Good for him. Anyway, so he's sitting there enjoying himself. Boom. Albert Pujols over the wall. Congratulations. Number 2,000. Eli catches the ball. Now, he said that uh, fans were coming up to him, taking the, uh, taking photos, wanting to hold the ball. He didn't know what the big deal was. He said, all right, I, you know, I'm just another person who called a ball. Well, when he found out what he did catch, it didn't matter. He wasn't going to give it up. And apparently his brother is a Cardinals fan. Think of what he said, and Pujols used to play for the Cardinals, so, uh, you know, he said he didn't want money. He just wanted to be able to give that as a gift uh, to his to his brother. Now, if you've never caught a significant ball like that, which many of us haven't experienced, but when you do, right away you have the team or somebody walking over to you negotiating with you. They want to offer you a jersey. They want to offer you a signed bat, some tickets maybe. Obviously, they want that ball back to give to the player who hit it. They start small with the offer, and they they work their way up. And and most times, 99 out of 100 times, the resolution is met. They offer him a signed bat, signed jersey, maybe some tickets, and the fan goes, okay, I'll give it up. It's no problem. But this time, he said, no, I don't care what you offer me. I'm keeping the ball. Uh, so when they realized, wait a minute, this kid's not going to give the ball, then they went to not offering stuff but, like, threatening him. Like, well, look, kid, there's no mark on the ball to prove that that was number 2,000. Uh, you know, the ball wouldn't be marketable for sale without the authentication, basically insinuating that, you know, if he's looking for cash, it ain't going to happen because good luck trying to prove that that is number 2,000 ball. So they were trying to do everything they could to have this kid give the ball back. And he just was like, nah, fuck it. Keeping the ball, get away from me. So later that day, they asked Pujols, they told him, you know, the press is telling him what was going on and the guy wasn't giving the ball back. And Pujols was like, you know, I'm fine with that. He can have it. He says he has the right to keep it. The ball went in the stands. That's their ball. So he was definitely defending the guy. He wasn't, you know, Pujols wasn't coming out being like, you know, this... Come on, man. We were trying to get the ball. It'd be very important to me. I wish that kid would change his mind. No, he was like, good for him. <laughs> the rumor is there's people already on eBay saying that, hey, uh, you know, my friend Eli, he gave, this was number 2,000. Here it is. And it's just random people who already caught a baseball in a stadium trying to sell it. 
I don't know. There's probably some gullible idiot who's going to pay, you know, 10 grand for the ball. That's not really it. <laughs> but again, I thought that was kind of cool. Paul's being like, yeah, let him have it. Who cares? You know, he's got his jersey. He's got his bat, his cleats. You know, the day he played, whatever. <laughs> but I'm curious. You know, you catch a ball like that. All right. What do you do? You know, they come up to you because they do offer you a lot of good shit. Signed bat, signed jersey, tickets. Uh, they don't offer you money. But it, would you hold on to the ball? I don't think I would. I think if it was a player like Albert Pouls or something like that, look, if I have a signed bat and a signed jersey of the guy who hit 2,000-plus home runs, I think that, that'd be enough. And if you want to give someone a gift, I mean, give the guy the ball back. I don't blame the guy, the kid. It's not like I'm sitting here going, oh, you know, what a dick move. I'm just saying I think I would have taken the bat and, and the signed jersey. And I think they were trying to give him a couple tickets. Look, you can sell those, make some money, whatever. But I think I would have, look, a signed bat, I'm cool with that. I don't know. The kid sounds legit. He loves his brother. He wants to make his brother extremely happy. That's fantastic. Brotherly love. I love it. But the more I think about it right now, talking about it, I think I would have taken the signed bat, signed jersey. Your brother can frame it, hang that up. Hey, look, the guy who hit 2,000 RBIs plus, look what I got. Instead, I guess, you know, people are just going to have to take his word for it. Look, this is number 2,000. Okay, whatever, buddy. Regardless, he's doing a great thing for his brother, and his brother owes him a lot. How fucked up would that be on Christmas morning? They're, they're opening gifts. You know, his brother knows what he's going to get. Everybody knows now. I mean, the, the news is out. <laughs> you know, they all open gifts. Then Eli opens his gift. It's like a, a sweater with those two, like a photo of those two with their arms around each other. He's like, what the fuck, man? I could have got a lot of shit. I give you... <laughs> this baseball and you give me a sweater so hopefully Eli's brother is gonna pay him back get him something cool but I guess you know it doesn't matter right if something's signed on the ball what matters is both of them know that's number 2000 you know if his brother takes it to like a uh, show and tell party show and tell party (laughs) what the fuck is that I I, I don't know you know where's he gonna take it how's he gonna prove that it's number 2000 Either way, good for you, Eli. You love your brother. Hopefully, your brother loves you back. If he doesn't, he better now, because you're doing a you're doing a great thing for him. So I'm just curious if you're in that situation, how would you handle it? Would you still hold on to the ball if they're like, look, there, there's going to be no way once you leave here to prove that that is the ball? Would you still hold on to it, or would you take the memorabilia? Would you up your bid and say, you know what, I'll take 20 tickets front row? Sign bat sign. Would you be the negotiator in that situation? How would you handle it? <clears throat> now, before we wrap things up, um, I did get some uh, James, gentleman by the name of James, who wrote in. He listens to the show. I appreciate it. Speaking of Albert Pujols, uh, most hated player. That's who it is for him. James says it is Albert Pujols. He says his attitude sucks, and he walks around like this world is his, and we're just living on it. He says, every time a ball comes close to him, he acts like it was personal and mugs the pitcher. Reminds me of Bautista. He says, Pujols has that resting bitch face look, and I can't stand it. He's my most hated player right now. James, appreciate you you are writing into the show, participating. 
Yeah, no, I hear you, man, but I, it's just tough to agree with you about that when Albert Pujols was really fucking cool about this whole situation with him keeping the ball. Being like, fuck it, man. He's a fan. Good for him. <laughs> so I don't know. Albert seems pretty cool. But I will say, James, I know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, again, Bautista did the same thing. Every time there's a pitch up and in or just inside, they, they look at the pitcher like it was personal, like they were trying to hit him. That shit drives me nuts watching that. So I get it. But uh, James, appreciate you writing in. Love to hear from you guys. Full count chaos at Gmail. Dot com hit me up on instagram twitter facebook whatever it is all that social media good shit uh face um i'm sorry uh, uh fullcountchaos.com so again you know we're only a month into a two to four year rebuild before the orioles are going to start contending we're going to have to help each other through this folks we got to get through this together i keep telling you we need each other's support i know the orioles need our support but we need each other's support to get through this. So again, reach out to me anytime, anything on your mind, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time.